Hello, welcome to York Street. We hope that this sermon will be an inspiring and impactful one, just what you need at this time. For any of our sermon-based studies, please head to our website at www.yorkstreet.com.ae. So grab a cuppa, grab your notebook, whatever you need, and we hope that you enjoy the sermon. for something and you just weren't sure where they were. You know they're close. You know the thing that you're looking for is like, it was right there just a second ago, but you can't find it. Anyone had that experience? Kind of like you're looking for your sunnies and you've looked at all the normal spots and then you've gone to the car and you've checked in the car and then you've checked the other car and you've checked in the drawers and, you, and you're at the point where you're doing the second lap of the same places that you've just looked and you just can't find them. When all of a sudden you realise they're just on the top of your head. I had one just a little while ago. Um, this was a pretty good one too. Is it was early in the morning and I'm trying to tiptoe around the house not to wake everybody up. I'm trying to be nice and quiet. And so I've got the torch going and I'm getting my keys and getting ready and all that stuff. And I thought, well, I can't leave until I've got my phone. And so I'm looking everywhere for my phone, trying to find it all over the house before I realised that the thing that I was looking for was actually in my hand the entire time. I don't know if you can relate, if, this is, if it's just me that does that sort of stuff, but I wonder if it comes to us in a spiritual sense, if we can be like that. In that video, we saw Mary, and Jesus was right there, but she was looking somewhere else. He was standing in front of her, but she thought he was somewhere else. If you've been feeling like over the past couple of years or even recently that you know God's there, you know Jesus is real, but, but I just can't find him. I just don't know exactly where, where he is or what he looks like anymore. Then God's word's going to speak into that today. So let's pray. 
Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that this morning that you would help us to see that you are in front of us right now and that you love us. Lord, I pray that you would reveal yourself to us. Give us eyes to see this morning what we need to see in you and how you see us. In Jesus' name, amen. Today we continue in a series. It's Easter Sunday, so of course we're going to talk about uh, what Easter Sunday means and what it represents. But it's a part of a bigger series. So for those that are visiting, those guests that are with us, um, we're so happy to have you with us. We'd love to get to know you after the service a bit better. But just to catch you up just a little bit on what we've been doing over the past few weeks is we've been learning about this story, this one story. And it's the story that matters the most. And it's we, use, we sort of get told that the story that matters the most is our story, your story. But actually, when we look at the bigger story, we realise that's actually a master plan in play. The one story that matters the most isn't actually ours. We get to be a part of it, but it's actually a greater story than, than ours. It actually starts with creation. In the beginning, God created. And because God created you, you're not an accident. Because God created you, you were created for a relationship with him. And because of that, you have purpose. And God created you because he loved you. So you're not an accident. You're created for a relationship. You're loved and you have purpose. But we were given free will. And in that free will, we chose our own way. And God said, if you choose this way, if you eat from that tree, the consequence will be death. And so we chose our own way, we chose to disobey God, and sin enters the world. Week two, what that meant was because of this thing called sin, we could no longer look God in the face, because God is perfection and holy, and we couldn't look perfection and holy in the face because we were unholy, because we sinned, we did the wrong thing. Yet, because God loved us so much, we couldn't look at his face, so he came to earth in the form of his son, Jesus, to look into our face. He gave up heaven to come to earth for you and for me. Loved us so, so much that he gave up the royalty. He gave up his earthly throne to come to earth to show us how to live. But there's still this problem of sin. And then if you were able to to be with us just a few days ago on Good Friday... We learned about how Jesus defeated sin. Sin meant that we were disqualified to go to heaven. We were disqualified to go and be with God because of the wrong things that we have done. Yet Jesus took our disqualification upon himself, which qualified us to go to heaven. What did we have to do? All we had to do is accept Jesus. Not by our works, but by his. On the cross, it was finished. And he died for the things that, we, that hold us back, the things that do us damage, the things that, that damage our relationship with God, the things that we often hang on to. And so on Friday, we let go of those things and accepted what is offered in Jesus. But that was three days ago. And so in Scripture, where do we leave off? Well, Jesus died. He died on the cross. And even the, the soldier that saw him die said, surely this is the King of Kings. Surely This is the Son of Man. Surely this is the Saviour, the Messiah. This is the one. And then they took his dead body and they put it in a tomb. 
Now, because of Friday, we know that Friday was this most incredible act of love. And, and a couple of days ago, we talked about how it wasn't the nails that held Jesus on the cross. It was his love for you. He loved you that much that he died for you so that you could be qualified to accept the gift to be able to go to heaven. That's how much he loved you. And so we know the cross equals love. We know that. We know that the cross, we might even have a slide up here that says the cross equals love. We might have seen that around. It gets written in the, the sky above some of our capital cities on Good Friday. The cross equals love. And so many of us as Christians live in that space. The cross equals love. I am saved. Awesome. So that means when I mess up, Jesus will forgive me because I'm saved, right? Because cross equals love. So he's going to, like, if I mess up, I'll just go back because that's why I died on the cross. For some people, that's their faith. The cross equals salvation. And it does. And it's beautiful. And by no means we want to detract from that. It is the, the, the foundation of our relationship with the Heavenly Father. But something else happened three days later that actually changes everything. Let's open Scripture and see what it looks like as we see this transition from Friday to Sunday. And we're going to read from John chapter 20. If you have your Bibles or your phones and you want to look it up, you can do that. John chapter 20, the, the words will be up on the screen as well. John chapter 20 verse 1 says, Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the tomb, uh, the stone had been rolled from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciples. And, and the, the one that Jesus loved, I love that part. Guess who wrote this version of the, the gospel? John writes this, he goes, and there's everybody else and there's the one that Jesus loved, that's me. I love that part in the scripture, it's, it's cool. And the one that Jesus loved and said, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they have put him. Who is they? Somebody has taken his dead body from the tomb. They don't know where we've put him. So Simon, uh, so Peter and the other disciples started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciples outran Peter. He needed more cardio. And they, re they reached the tomb first and they bent over and looked at the strips of linen laying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter, remember this is the one that denied Jesus three times. He's now back with the disciples and I love this. No hesitation, the others hesitated. But Simon Peter came along behind them and went straight into the tomb, doesn't hesitate. He saw the strips of linen laying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head, the cloth that was still laying in place separate from the linen. And finally the other disciples who had reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw... He saw in the beloved and believed. And they, did, they still did not understand from Scripture what Jesus had risen from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. They believed that his body had been taken, but they didn't understand that he'd risen from the dead. 
They didn't understand what, what the Old Testament had said about the, the temple being destroyed and raised in three days. They didn't understand what the Old Testament had said about this saviour that was going to conquer this curse of sin that started in Genesis. They didn't understand that Jesus, what Jesus was saying when, when he said even at, at the, the Passover, when he had communion, that, that when we do this again, do this in remembrance of me. They, they didn't understand what was going on in Acts we read that they finally understand it all. But at this point, they can't. Why? Because they are stuck on Friday. They've got this understanding of, of what Friday meant and what they experienced and what they saw, and they are stuck on Friday. They are stuck that Jesus is dead. They are stuck that death is the end. They are stuck in this place that Jesus died for us. That's it. They're so stuck. And I wonder for us, are you stuck on Friday in your faith? Are you stuck? Because if Jesus is dead, how can you have a relationship with him? If Jesus is dead, how can you have a conversation with him? You can have a conversation with someone that's dead. You can remember them. You can try and honour their legacy. You, you can think about what they did for you, but it's not a living relationship because they're dead. I wonder for, for how many of us, we've got this understanding of how, how life works and how, how it all fits together and how it should work. Therefore, if somebody dies, they die. That end. If God's going to do something, he's going to do it this way. That end. If God's going to show himself to us, he's going to show himself in this way. That end. So stuck in, in, in this framework of thinking that you're stuck on Friday. Remember the video clip? Mary, stuck on Friday, yet there he was. Are we stuck on Friday? The, the passage goes on. We're still in John chapter 20, picking up in verse 11 now. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. And as she wept, she bent over it and, and looked into the tomb and saw the two angels in white seating, seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked a woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I do not know where they put him. Now, I'm, I'm on this discipleship journey like you, you are as well. And so I'm happy to be corrected if someone's got another version of Scripture that I've missed in this. But every time I read of angels in Scripture, to my recollection and knowledge, the first thing that the angels say to the people that they show up to, is do not be afraid. Angels are scary dudes. Like, like, and they're scary. But what we see here is no angel saying, do not be afraid to, 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 to Mary. What we see here is that her grief outweighs her fear. She is so stuck on Friday. She is so stuck in, in her understanding that he is dead and they have taken him away, that she cannot see any other way forward in a relationship. It is just done. It is finished. And she's wanting to take the, the traditions of the time and the oils and stuff and just go back to traditions and the way that they do things rather than God's way. It goes on, verse 14. 
At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not recognise that it was Jesus. Glasses on the head, phone in the hand, looking for Jesus right in front of her. She thought he's the gardener. She missed it. So stuck on Friday. So focused on what she thought was set in stone that could never move. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it that you are looking for? There's parts of me that think Jesus has an awesome sense of humour at the same time. But I wouldn't do it out of a place of harm or anything because he knows her need and he meets it. Thinking it was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him so I will go and get him. Jesus said to her, Mary, a love that her greatest need was Jesus. Her greatest want and her greatest desire was Jesus. It was just the Jesus of Friday. It was the Jesus with her understanding. Yet what Jesus does is meets her in a true understanding. And if this is a God that created you and created me and created her, a God that gives us purpose and meaning for relationship and love, he calls her and meets her need with what? With relationship. He calls out her name. I want you to know this morning that our God is not dead. Jesus is fully alive and he calls your name too. You may be looking for him, but he calls your name. He wants to meet you in your place of need. He calls your name. He is right there. Mary. She turned towards him and she cried out in Aramaic, Rabbi, which means teacher. What's our response when Jesus calls our name? Do we call out who? What? Do we, do we call out rabbi, teacher? Do we call out saviour? Do we call out, hey, you're the vending machine that I pray prayers to when I want stuff? Like, what's, that, what's our reply when a loving God that sent his son to earth to die and rise again calls out your name? Verse 17, Jesus says, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them I am ascending to my Father and to your Father, to my God and to your God. You are a part of a family. You are a part of a much larger family. It doesn't matter what your biological parents were like. You might have had great parents. You might have had average parents. You might have incredibly attractive parents or maybe really ugly ones. Who knows? It doesn't matter what your, your biological family is like. You belong to an incredible family, an incredible church community, which is the church of God, to my Father and yours. This is Jesus saying, you belong to the loving Father that longs to have a relationship to my God and yours. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. And these are her words. I have seen the Lord. And she told him that he had said these things to her. 
See, I wonder what this looks like for us when we think of what Good Friday looks like and what Easter Sunday looks like. What's the difference between? Why are they both important? What's the, the progression in this? You see, if God's dead through Jesus, if Jesus is dead, we can't have a relationship. Yes, he died for us, but that's it. You see, if the cross equals love, if the cross equals salvation, which it does, then the empty tomb means relation. The cross can mean salvation, but the empty tomb means, and we've got some images up here, the empty tomb means relationship. The empty tomb means life. And you can see that one of the representations of it, the new image at York Street is it's an empty tomb. And the empty tomb means that we have an open relationship with God. We have an open relationship with a living God who's not dead. A God that wants to have a conversation with us, that wants to meet us in our place of need, that that wants to to be able to to meet us, call us by name, and invite us into purpose. I love that the first thing that he does to Mary is, is meets her in a place of love and then says... Go and tell others, because I love them too. Don't keep this to yourself. Go and tell them. And what's, what's her message? I have seen the Lord. It's not, oh, let me tell you about Hezekiah. And you know, We had a debate the other day in the office. Who's the oldest woman in the Bible? Yeah. No, none of us knew. Um, yeah. like you, you can know... Fun facts about scripture, you can know the, the, the links between Old Testament and New, and that, that's great stuff, brilliant stuff. This is the living word of God. It is fantastic. But God didn't call her to know the Bible upside down and backwards. What he told her to do is share me with others. I have seen the living Lord, the living God. And she goes and tells them, and then they have experiences and share, and that's the the growth of the church. You see, what happens just a little bit later is because God's not dead, because Jesus rose from the grave, he then did ascend to heaven. He said he hadn't ascended yet, but if we fast forward, he ascends to heaven and he sends his Holy Spirit. And so we also see that the empty tomb equals spirit. The empty tomb means that we have a relationship. We don't have to look to to old traditions and the old customs that we see in the Old Testament, we have a relationship with God because God is in us. You see, the beauty of Sunday is that death isn't the end. See, on Friday, death finishes this incredible picture of God and and this reconciliation back to him through Jesus' sacrifice on the cross for you and for me. But there's still a problem if we stop on Friday. You see, in Genesis, we've spoken about it already, God said, if you eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you will die. Death is the consequence of a broken relationship with God. Yet Jesus didn't stay dead, he rose again. He's not dead, he's alive. And in that, death is defeated. Death 
is no longer the end. Death is no longer the victory or the consequence of us doing the the things that we've done to separate. God has conquered death in and through his son. And so we know that there is a life after this life. We are qualified because of Jesus. We have a life with our Heavenly Father because of Jesus, because death is conquered. Death no longer is the end. Life has a new purpose. And the purpose is that we can live as if Friday is the end of the story, going, yeah, no, I know all this. It's not for me. I know, I sort of, yeah, no, no, I'm okay, I'm okay. I'll still live my own way and get forgiven, maybe at the end, but that'll be okay. Or you can live in light of of the resurrection and have purpose in life. Purpose that you can walk each and every day with the God that gave everything to love you. Everything. Like there is hope in there. There There's hope in the empty tomb. There is life in the empty tomb. There is purpose in the empty tomb. There is relationship in the empty tomb. There is joy in the empty tomb. There is just everything in the empty tomb that you could possibly want. Because death no longer is something to be feared. Death just means we get to go and be with our Lord and Saviour. We have purpose because of the resurrection. And the purpose is go and tell others that you have seen the Lord. Which leads us to the challenge and our response to the empty tomb. And there's two prayers that we're going to pray and you can choose, you can pray them both if you want but, you could, but I'm going to separate these prayers into one it may be that you've never really understood that Jesus rose again and if Jesus rose again then you can have a relationship with him and you've never invited him into your heart and so the first prayer is for, for those that have never invited Jesus into your heart, I'm going to offer a prayer, and you can pray it out loud if you want, or you can pray it under your breath, pray it in your spirit, pray it in your mind. That's okay. God hears them all. The second prayer is going to be for those that maybe have been a part of the church for a long time, and yes, we love church, we love community and all that stuff, but pretty stuck on Friday. Just, I've got my ways, I'm pretty sure I know how God works, but I kind of feel like I haven't been seeing him when he was the the gardener in front of you all the time, you just need to lift your eyes because he's calling your name. Prayer one. Let's bow our heads. Dear Heavenly Father, this is for those that have never accepted you as someone that loves them as who they are right now but loves them so much that you have a better plan for their life. Lord, we are sorry for the things that we have done wrong, the things that have damaged our relationship with you. We thank you that you qualify us through your son to spend an eternity with our creator. Lord, we accept your Son as the Lord of our life. We ask him into our heart right now. And Lord, we ask that from this day forward, we would follow your voice as you call our name.
and you show us how to live a life of love and of purpose. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I'm going to ask that you do two things. Um, The first is, could you let yourself be known to somebody um, within the church? Maybe you came with a friend. If you came with a friend, uh, let them know. And, um, And friends, if you can get onto a staff member, we will give you a Bible. Uh, what we want to do is get a Bible into your hand and we want to teach you how to read it and how to navigate that. Um, so if you didn't come with a friend, if you're visiting and you don't know anyone here, talk to anybody that you've seen on stage. That should freak them out. Um, anybody you see up here on stage or behind the scenes or with the lanyard and, um, and you guys can grab a staff member if you need a hand with that and we'll get a Bible into your hand. The second thing that I'd love to have a conversation about, first we want to give you a Bible, second we'd love to have a conversation about baptism. In the Bible we see that people believed and were baptised just like that. That was the the biblical example and so we'd love to have a chat about that. Um, We do have baptism Sunday next Sunday, great opportunity Um, but we could do it today if you wanted to. We're not going to let time get in the way of being obedient to to God. So we'd love to have those two conversations with anybody that prayed that prayer um, this morning. And if you're watching online and you prayed that prayer, um, please reach out via the email, um, the prayer link, or any way you can get in contact with the office. We'll be in touch uh, in the next week as soon as possible. The second prayer is for, for those of us that maybe we're stuck in Friday. Maybe we've been stuck on Friday for a really long time. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, help us to see you again. Help us not to limit who you are with our own perception of how you should be. Help us to hear your voice again. Help us to feel the emotion as you call our name and fill us with the joy and the peace, knowing that you are alive and you are alive in us through your spirit. Guide us with joy in our heart and songs on our lips as we live a life that honours you, but also a life that shares you with others. Lord, breathe life into us again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm also going to invite those that prayed that prayer to make yourself known to somebody because we'd love to do the journey with you. Um, You don't do this alone. If you've been feeling a bit dry, um, we're, we're here to help. You don't have to do this by yourself.